0: There are two ways of looking at this question. One is, how much do you want? And the other is, how much do you really need? And we're gonna take a look at both of them today. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun
1: while we're doing it, and we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of January twelfth, two thousand eleven. I think you raise a good question, Lee: of how much land does one need in order to survive, in order to um, be able to grow one's own food, um, just for sheer pleasure and enjoyment. Uh, protection. And and you and I have kind of gone back and forth about that, much of it in in an academic way now, because let's face it, we own 88 acres. Actually, we own 91 if you count the three acres in Birmingham. That well, that's we still true. <laughs> um, we'd like to be shed of those pretty soon. But, you know, so we, we feel that we have plenty for ourselves. But of course, I'm continually looking around. Um, you say that I'm uh, I won't say guilty, but I I do plead guilty to praying the prayer of Jabez that was so popular a few years ago.
0: First Chronicles four, expand my land. Yeah, increase
1: my lands or increase something. Increase my land. And as we walk around, and I look at the surround the property surrounding ours, wondering, okay, what might someone do with that property at some point?
0: Now I did some biblical research this morning, and I need to let you know that the Hebrew for what he was saying is actually enhance my borders oh so uh really what you're praying when you pray the prayer of jabez maybe let me have some better fences instead of
1: Mm. (laughs) that's really not what i have in mind and it's not that i'm greedy i I just want to know that what is going on around our property you know in the future right now there's nothing going on around it and that's just great but in the future i want to make sure there's nothing that would disrupt the beauty, the view, the productivity of the land that we currently occupy.
0: There's an old saying that uh, most anybody who owns property says, all I want is what's mine and what's next to it. Yep. And I think that is certainly descriptive of you. you whenever we are over on the borders of the property we now own, you're continually coveting what's beyond those borders and saying we need to pick that up. We need to get that.
1: But now that I know the biblical interpretation of covet means only if you take action to try to secure it. And (laughs) the only action I want to do is legal, legit, offer money if we get to that point. But so I'm really not coveting it. But I am anxious to have um, security and some assurance that The way that land looks now is the way it will stay. And when you don't own it, you don't have that control.
0: And there is a bona fide recreational purpose to owning land, particularly land close to where we live. You and I love to walk. And uh, in this season, particularly when there's less you can do by way of cultivating crops. Right. It's particularly pleasant for us to just walk around and see what's going on in the woods, and see how the trees are changing, how the colors are changing, what birds have arrived or departed, uh, how the frogs are doing down on the pond. We're just we really enjoy seeing the land in its uh, more or less raw form.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, and the winter time is is pretty for lots of reasons. If if it's not so cold, but you can't stand it, you can see into the woods. You it's you are not sitting around worrying about the weeds and the thorns so as much. So pretty when you can it's see really
0: through the woods. It's um it's a neat experience the wintertime walking around and looking through the forest.
1: That's right, and of course you have an interest in deer hunting,
0: and is a good reason you to have some land. You need a certain amount of property to bring that off as well. Obviously, you need to be close to where deer bed, and you also need a place where they feel secure enough to feed on a regular basis. You can't do that right next to where you live. So, And
1: and what do you think the minimum acreage would be if you have suitable woods for, for being able to hunt on
0: your own property? Probably 25, 30, something like that. I would think you would want to have that much property just so they feel secure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, just wondered about yeah. that. And obviously, again, we have enough for that.
0: So that's one side of it you always want more it's fun to have forest it's fun to have acreage to wander around on now let's shift our focus and talk about what we've learned since we've moved here about how much land you really need to be secure Um, okay and and we have to emphasize when when you and I are talking about this this is not about commercial farming. We're not talking about right. raising crops to sell at market. We're talking about uh, taking care of yourself and those you love um, using the land.
1: and we're also not talking about grazing cattle and having a sheep farm and you know we're I mean, I understand with cattle, you have to have a lot of property for
0: I'm sure you do, and that's you're correct. Feeding. We're not talking about grazing any livestock. We're talking about raising uh, plants for food. So let's start with Veg Hill. Uh, Veg Hill we've established is roughly a quarter of an acre and when we first started talking about a quarter of a, ra- a quarter of an acre I think both you and I felt like "Ooh, I wonder if it's going to be enough or we're going to yeah, want to expand it.
1: We did wonder that.
0: Quarter of an acre is a lot of property when you when right. You, Raise food the way you and I do you know, mm-hmm. when you're doing it by hand. And, yeah. Um, a quarter of an acre is plenty of land for a good, healthy garden.
1: And we only used half of that at the most this past year.
0: Yeah, we probably have um twice the area on Veg Hill that we really need. So if you have only an eighth of an acre where you can protect it and grow row crops, chances are that's going to be plenty of land for two people. And if you wanted to feed four, you may want more like the size we have, mm-hmm, right. which would be a quarter of an acre.
1: And we're able to rotate. And we've talked about that a little bit before in an earlier podcasts. that we have the luxury because of the size of that, of taking, you know, one year we plant on one side and grow cover crops and another year we grow on the other side. So that's a nice thing about having a little bit more
0: land. And it seems to be working well so far. Of course, we've not yet planted on the side where we had cover crops last year. So we don't know yet what, that, yeah. uh, th- what that's going to mean for productivity.
1: Except for that row where the uh, fall veg is planted.
0: Well, that's true. And, and it's, it's done great. real well. Yeah. So that would, that would indicate that um, this may be an effective strategy. But, of course, we will let you know more about that as time develops. In addition to Veg Hill, where we do row crops, we've got orchard space. And you, you and I haven't figured out how much, but I'm guessing by the time we finish the orchard expansion, maybe four acres.
1: And that's not counting the pecan orchard we had talked about Correct. starting.
0: Correct, right. So which would be more than we need. That would be sort of, you know, having... Pecans we can give away to people and yeah. that sort of thing, but yeah, uh, that area is probably another three acres or so that mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, planting pecans on. And you need some area to live for you and your family to feel comfortable. You know where your children can play, where you can hang out clothes, where you can store things that are important to you. So I would say maybe an acre or so mm-hmm. for that, and then. Something that I've been struggling with, and I don't know that I've mentioned this to you, but I'm beginning to be somewhat concerned about how important it is for us to have a place to do sort of work. Um, I was reminded of it when I dumped out the leaves the other day Hmm. over there um, where we're going to rebuild the compost pile. Yeah,
1: leaves that we had raked at the lake. Correct.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm going to you know, put some compost on top of those and we're going to keep them nice and wet. And that's going to be mm-hmm. good compost for yeah. Veg Hill. But that's an area that we're planning to plant for orchard.
1: Yeah. So, you know,
0: what do we do? How? Where will we have a place to just do work, um, mm-hmm. to leave a pile of compost, to, to work a, a bonfire and so forth? When, we've, when we're when we thoroughly built out. Right now, I don't have an answer for that, but yeah. it's, it's Stay a tuned. legitimate question.
1: We'll have to walk around and see if we can't find a place. <laughs> right, and, you know,
0: I'm figuring you probably need a third to a half an acre to do that. Okay. Um, so that, and then the other thing you need if you're going to do the, the Lee and Amanda model is you need some firewood space, you know, some forest that where, from which you are harvesting firewood We have 88, and we don't need anything like that for what we're doing. But you know, maybe five or ten acres.
1: Yeah, that would probably do it. And especially, we try just to get the deadfall or trees that we've already cleared. Absolutely, we don't ever have
0: to cut down a healthy tree just for firewood. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you put all that together, and maybe 20 acres Mm -hmm. would would be plenty.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we've gone to Southern Sog a number of years and talked to people who had a three-acre farm. And are doing just fine. And they're raising
0: food on it to sell to others on three acres. Yes. So it certainly can be done with less. But I guess I'm describing a a subsistence mentality where you really do have enough and it's sustainable and you don't have to bring in a lot from outside to to keep it going. Yeah.
1: So you're right. But sometimes it's harder to buy the smaller tracts of land, if somebody doesn't want a thousand acres or a hundred acres.
0: It does seem to be quite difficult to find smaller Mm -hmm. plots. Parcels,
1: yeah, they want to, well, I mean, just when we drive around this area and look at the for sale signs, it typically is a hundred to 200 acres, maybe in some cases 40. Yeah, but not 10 or 15 or
0: 20 or something like that. Now, we've just established that we have we own 88, and we really need 20 or less. So one way of looking at it is to say, well, we should be in the process of selling some property because we have more than we need. But that came home to me the other day when a nice lady in town and I struck up a conversation about this and I was saying, you know, we own this property. We really don't need that much. We could get by on 15 or 20. And she said, well, sell us 10. And immediately I knew the problem with that. I don't have any interest in selling property.
1: I don't either. I'm glad you said no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it just, you know, it would be crazy for us. At least it feels crazy for us. It'd be almost like somebody saying, I, May I buy your right arm? <laughs> I don't have any interest in giving up a portion of this property we have come to know and love.
1: I know. And, you know, we should mention that we have two children and one of whom's married. So that's three children and a grandchild. And we hope for more grandchildren. And uh, so we think this is not just for us. This is something that we hope to have multiple descendants to whom to leave this property.
0: And it's important to us to make it as attractive as possible to our children and grandchildren. So... um Mm-hmm. We're hoping to hold on to it and enhance it. That's right. I don't mean enhance it by making it bigger, but enhance it by making it better. I well, know might you, make it you bigger, would love to make it but bigger. But we might but make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> mainly, I want to make it better. I yeah. want to make yeah. it more beautiful. I want to make it more functional. I want to make it more productive. And exactly. And I think we can do those things over time. Uh, our friend Ted Leach, um, his saying on this will always stick with me. He said, most people overestimate what they can get done in a year. Most people underestimate what they can get done in 10 years. Hmm. And in I think 10 if, years, yeah, right. I think if you and I stay after this month in, month out, year in, year out, we will be pleased and gratified at the end of several years to see the significant difference we have been able to make in longleaf breeze. So.
1: Well, I I certainly would agree with that because we've talked about, we've been here, we've owned the property for three years. We really didn't start in the first year doing that much to it because we were trying to figure out where we wanted to put things, but I'd say within about two and a half years of work, we've noticed a real difference, and we're always regretting that we didn't take more pictures for the before and after. I would love
0: to be able to go back and see how it looked before we did these things.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can believe that. We're pretty task-focused about it. And um, so I'm optimistic that we can get a lot done that will enhance the the property.
0: Anything else we need to add on this issue about how much land you need for subsistence farming?
1: Well, you know, I think over time, the more I get to know other people who are are doing subsistence farming um, and different scenarios that they're going through... I'll probably have a, my answer might change over the years, so um, I'm open, but I know people who own a lot more land than we do, and a lot, and people who own a lot less, and um, it just depends on what your approach is, because certainly if you're doing square foot gardening, for example,
0: you could get by on much less.
1: Oh, yeah, much less.
0: You know, sun. that's a good point. Our idea about what is enough is probably shaped in some significant part by what we have experienced here. If we mm-hmm. owned three acres, we might be saying, you really need four or five and you'd be fine.
1: Yeah. And you need sun because we have three acres in Birmingham. Boy, is
0: that ever true. If
1: without enough sun, you just flat aren't growing
0: food. Yeah. So, you definitely need to find. Yeah, Veg Hill is in full sun, and if it were not in full sun, it would be significantly less productive. Right. Good.
1: So I mean, that's another another piece of uh, you know what, and and of course, how fertile is the land? I mean, that's always another. Um, Issue and is hey, it
0: could you ever have land less fertile than that? Than we have probably at
1: not, <laughs> or is it swampy? Is it you know, lo, bottom land? I mean, there are just yeah. so many and, other factors.
0: And in, in all sincerity, yes, you could. Our, our soil is not the most productive, but it's not the least productive either. That's it's right. okay, it's yeah, just very sandy,
1: yeah, sandy loam.
0: But well, um, let's finish up with just a brief little um, note about the weather event in which we just passed. That's um, right. We had an ice storm here in central Alabama. It turned out to be not that disruptive an event when all was said and done. Not but was, for us. But it was an interesting occasion for us to reflect on the decisions we have made about becoming resilient. And through it all, I don't think you and I felt much apprehension. We knew we would have enough to eat. We knew we would be dry and warm. We that's knew right. we'd have enough water to drink. Um, so, and and in large part, that's a validation of our decision to keep things as simple as possible.
1: We knew we, that we had that propane generator should we lose power. We mm-hmm. knew we were backed up on that.
0: Right, um, and we knew we yeah. had a way with the wood stove to stay warm. Our roof mm-hmm. is, you know, has good integrity. Um, It was, you know, just thinking through the necessities of life, we knew that we were going to be okay.
1: And the day, I should add, the day that we, uh, the evening of the event when we were supposed to stay off the roads, and we did. We complied with the request of the authorities that, you know, if you don't need to be on the road, don't get out there. um, I was able to procure fresh collards for our supper by simply walking out onto Veg Hill and cutting them off the plant. And we had them that very evening.
0: Yeah, it's our nice. um God's refrigeration system in our veg garden, um oh you know, fall veg. Oh boy, what a great idea because we have fresh veg anytime we want it, straight through the winter as That's nearly right. as I can tell.
1: And we pulled sweet potatoes out of the out of the larder and I've got right. squat winter squash that we're continuing to eat. So And you we know, have we're...
0: Brussels sprouts coming on and yeah. kale and cabbage. So yeah. uh, you know, veg from the garden is no big deal. Uh, The flip side of that, the downside of that um, for us was an experience involving our home entertainment system. We've got a fairly nice system here with amplifier and, you know, nice flat screen TV and DVD and all the sort of things. Because we like watching television. We like watching programs. The night of the national championship game. Um, The other team in our state, Auburn, we're we're Alabama fans, but Auburn was in the national championship game, and I had to be on a chat. So we had procured a set of wireless headphones for you to use to watch the game, and I pulled the receiver out to install these headphones and did something. I don't know what it was, but I did something that shut down our whole home entertainment system. Mm -hmm. It is all non-functional right now. And for me, it's a reminder of the bad decision we made, in a sense, having such a complex system for watching television. It probably would have been more resilient, probably would be more sensible for us to have you know, a television and maybe a DVD player, but not to opt for quite so many bells and whistles. And had we done that, I you could have be fixed able it. To, I could be able yeah. to fix it. That's mm-hmm. right. So now we're sort of dead in the water until the good folks at Sweet Home Theaters come bail me out of the jam I have created. So that's the, a mistake we made, I think, in trying to make it a little too complex.
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, and, and that's maybe another a topic for another podcast to talk about um, how to, as you install systems... Make sure you understand how they work so that you can repair them yourself.
0: Yes, and we did not do that, and now we're paying the price. Right, But we're out of time. You better get us out of here.
1: Okay, see you next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com.
0: Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more
1: about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com.